Greetings and welcome to the African Spirit Reintegrated and Reimagined Podcast. I am a Sunny Brogan, owner of a Sunny Coaching Services, and in this episode, I am talking about the things that I wish I knew before venturing into African spirituality. Now, I want to start the conversation by first saying I did do a lot of research. That dynamic was so important to me personally because I'm just the type of person when I go into something, I want to know as much as I possibly can know about it. And so especially at that particular time in my journey, now I can kind of not be so focused and engrossed on trying to figure out every little bit of something before I deal with it. But at that time in my life, I was just so much wanting to know every little detail of something before I went into it. Especially this, because there was not a lot of resources available in relation, not mainstream resources, I mean, in relation to African spirituality. And it still wasn't even a whole lot of uh, resources that that were even hidden, right? Those little gems that I had to go and search for and little roundaway bookstores and things like that. And, you know, there wasn't this huge proliferation of content that we see today on sites like YouTube or podcasts or, you know, even Amazon. And even with those resources, when you compare the information or the content that you can find in those particular locations or on those particular platforms, they still aren't plentiful in relation to other resources that we can find, right? Like you can find whole bookstores dedicated to nothing but Christianity. Um, The same dynamic was present when I was in the Middle East. There were whole bookstores that were completely dedicated to the study of Islam. And I'm pretty sure that the same dynamic applies to other major religions, especially where they sit in their homeland, wherever they came from. But with African spirituality, the information was not and really truly still not as replete. So I say all of that to say, you know, do your homework, do your research, because that's part of what this particular episode is all about, is trying to hopefully help you guys avoid some of the same issues that I encountered when I went into the practice. But moving forward, the major issue that I did come across and I did wish I understood better before venturing down the path is about the resources that I was just mentioning. So all of the resources and references that I was even able to get my hands on at that time, out of them, most of them were not written by indigenous or native people group, right? So much so that even some of the resources that I was able to get my hands on, I would, you know, pick it up and I saw the title or what have you, I would grab it, take it home, start reading it and realize immediately that that particular reference or resource was written by somebody who was actually against the practice, right? Or somebody who was looking at our practices from a research perspective and not necessarily trying to give you information on how to practice it, but just an observer, somebody who was observing it from the outside. And usually it was a whole lot of um, 
negativity that was placed in the writing and you know basically just saying look at what these people are doing it makes no sense i mean i remember reading a resource one time even so much by a european who had studied haitian voodoo and all throughout the text he was using the terminology negro the negro female the negro uh, male and so forth and so on and I just got so disgusted by the reference, I couldn't even continue to read it because number one, it was very much so from an external perspective. He was looking in and saying, this is what these people are doing. He wasn't shedding much light on how it was benefiting the people. And he absolutely came at it from a negative connotation. So I didn't enjoy any of those aspects of that book. And when I kept just seeing the word Negro, he didn't use the you know, derogatory form of it. But to me, anytime somebody of European heritage or even non-black heritage says that in relation to a black American person or an American, excuse me, or a black person that's outside of their own race, I take offense to it because I do know that sometimes the uh, Hispanic culture, because Negro just means black in Hispanic culture. So sometimes when individuals use Negro to, um, you know, define someone or to define or describe something, they're not using it in a negative way as we see it, but that's not the terminology that we use when we say black or what have you. So anyway, just that resource alone was disturbing to me and it woke me up. That particular one is what woke me up to say, okay, I really have to consider the source and figure out who is writing this information before I purchase it. But again, this was during a time frame where that wasn't always easy to do. All authors don't put photographs of themselves on their books. And then again, at that time, you even now some other resources you go online and you cannot easily find the author of the text and as i went through that process and you know can still encounter it from time to time today i don't buy as many resources as i used to because now i have first-hand knowledge of it through you know word of mouth and if the people i know don't know the information they can go and find somebody who does so i don't have the same problem but i do still like to read about the traditions and you know just other perspectives from time to time because they aren't you know exact science though they absolutely contain scientific elements to them but i say this all the time a lot of times when you're interacting with these particular systems they are going to look very different from culture to culture and even within each culture from house to house from family to family so to speak you can see many discrepancies right very much so akin to like the church the christian church in particular so you have so many different denominations within the christian church and so you're going to have different elements baptists believe in baptism methodists believe in you know whatever they believe in so forth and so on and even within those intricate denominations you will still have discrepancies from church to church baptist church will do one baptist church rather will do something a little bit different than the next baptist church that could literally be across the street from it same thing goes for atr and so with that being the case i still like to ascertain information but now i'm just so much more careful with the resources 
that I purchase. Not to say that I won't get any information from um, people who are of non-indigenous or native heritage that's related to the system that I'm interested in in particular because sometimes they can't present useful information, especially from a non-biased perspective. What I don't like is when it's very negative. So that's one of the major things I wish I knew is that the content and the information that you get is not always going to come directly from the source. And that can be very dangerous because I read some, I still have so much in some of the resources that I had from when I first started my practice. And wow, there's some egregious errors and some of them are deliberately egregious errors related to our systems and what they are about and what we do or what we should be doing in order to practice our systems. I keep those books and those other resources for a purpose so that I can explain these dynamics to people that I work with because I work a lot with people on a one-on-one basis, helping them to integrate into the system. So, you know, sometimes they'll pick up those same resources and because I have them, I can go to it and say, hey, this is you know, not correct or it is not fully correct or what have you. So that's one of the main things that I wish I knew. Second thing I wish I knew was how expensive ATR can be. This is not something that is cheap to integrate into. It's Especially if you are working with a, within a system that you would get frequent readings or you will frequently interact with a spiritualist at a high level, which I do. And so it can get very, very absorbent in relation to money, especially, but likewise, your time, your energy, and your effort. Um, it doesn't bother me so much at this point because now I understand what it is and I also understand how to manage myself or my financial dynamics within that and likewise my time dynamics energy so forth and so on I know how to schedule myself but going into it even though I had rare resources and so forth I still just did not understand the full scope of what those particular dynamics look like and I oftentimes come across a clientele who share the same sentiment they you know did not realize oh my god this this is much more than what I thought that it would be um especially practicing in today's time because what we have to understand we are going back into the traditions having to rely on people's who are not really native to us, who are not in our homelands, right? If we still had the systems from back in the day as our foreparents were practicing them, they would most likely have been a priest or a priestess within our bloodline who would handle the majority of our spiritual work. We would still have to sustain that individual to make sure that they could eat while we were doing our thing, you know, whatever you would do in society, whether you were in a agrarian farmer or what have you are even held in occupation within the community we would keep those people fed right very similar to in the bible with the levitical priesthood they were taken care of however again these were the family members 
of the Israelites. So it wasn't the same as going to somebody from a commercial perspective, or I wouldn't even necessarily say commercial, but somebody that you just don't know um, initially and having to deal with your spirituality through that particular dynamic. Whereas if you were, you know, we were still um, salient within our traditions and society, we would not be experiencing that particular dynamic, especially when it comes to the majority of the expense. And of course, that wouldn't be really a shocker in relation to the time and the energy and the effort that you put into it, because you would have came out of the womb, you know, surrounded by those dynamics. Even before you had an opportunity to begin practicing on your own, you would have seen your family members and just understood exactly what it took in order to really and truly be connected to an African spiritual system. I'm not talking about a casual individual who just comes into the system and, you know, gets what they need, maybe some spell work or what have you, and then leaves out. I'm talking about a dedicated practitioner or devotee, initiate, so forth and so on. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. And then when I come back, I'll discuss some other things that I wish I knew before I started down this path into African spirituality. So I'm back before the break. I discussed some of the things I wish I knew before venturing into African spirituality, which included understanding the authors or the publishers of the resources that I was getting to learn more about our systems but likewise um, the understanding the cost of practicing ATR or working within African spiritual systems so now another component that was very important to me in learning in my journey was that this process is not about perfectionism. It's not about doing everything exactly right according to the book. I was kind of nervous, I know, going into it because I had read so much about spirits and how dangerous it could be if you do certain things. And so I was super cautious and I was like, I need to do this exactly right because I want to have the outcome, number one, that I'm seeking in this particular process. So if I was doing a ritual or something like that, but also beyond that, I wanted to not make critical mistakes because in doing so, I knew that I could have caused myself more harm than good. And, you know, this is still a critical message and very important. This is something that I absolutely preach when it comes to new devotees and practitioners because nowadays we have this internet phenomenon where people, you know, want to start practicing ATR by just reading some articles or watching a few videos on the internet and they really don't understand the depth of what they're doing and they, they can run into problems. But even with that being the case, it's not about perfectionism. I learned very quickly in my journey that, you know, all of the resources would not always be there for you to do certain ritual work. And in those cases, you have to improvise. You may not do everything perfectly. 
because it's just not possible all the time in the world that we live in. I've mentioned this before, you know, sometimes you can't even find the resources that you need for certain ritual work. Sometimes you can't get to a location that you need to be in to, to do ritual work. And in those instances, spirits will absolutely grant you certain, you know, leniencies. Likewise, even as you're going through a ritual, it doesn't have, you don't have to be so stoic. You don't have to do everything by the book, right? And I think too, part of that was just my personality because I do have a bit of a perfectionist uh, personality. I used to more so than now. Now I'm a whole lot more relaxed when it comes to things like that. But I did, you know, just every, want every, you know, T cross and I dotted and so forth and so on. Um, so I learned that it's not all about it because you can actually do everything quote unquote perfectly but really if your intentions if your heart is not right and if you don't do the proper follow-through that you need to do then it's to no avail anyway so what i learned in that process is that it's not about being perfect but instead about your intentions and your follow-through when you go into something your intentions should be correct you should come into it with a faithful heart and spirit you know desiring the outcome outcome but also trusting the process trusting spirit to bring you what you want not being impatient not um, wanting everything to manifest right away and then likewise doing what you need to do thereafter because we live in a material world spirituality is going to take care of so much I tell clients this all the time when they get Ifa readings they want or divination or um rather rituals performed, right? Because the divination is the process of understanding what you need to do, but the ritual work is actually what's going to cause it to manifest. And, you know, yes, we can do ritual work. We do ritual work and it, it results in so many amazing, beautiful things for clientele. I've seen so many great results, which I am happy for, right? I'm very, very proud that I can help people achieve the dynamics that they wish to achieve by working with someone that I absolutely trust and I work with and I likewise experience excellent results from this uh the Bible world that I work with as well but beyond just you know those things that he does right he'll do the ritual work he'll sacrifice you know whatever needs to be sacrificed he may have to put together some blends and you know do some other things because the ritual work is is can be very comprehensive just depends on what needs to be done in a particular situation but I still have to do what I have to do. Likewise, do you know my clientele? Sometimes there are specific instructions, like it could be some kind of herbal remedy that you need to take, or it could be something that you have to do in order to follow up. Very, very specific instructions to follow up with after you do the ritual but you also have to live a lifestyle that's conducive with what you want you can't go in asking for you know for instance like your finances to get better but you just walk around with such a negative attitude all the time thinking you know it's not going to happen it's not going to manifest 
it most likely still will manifest if the ritual work was performed properly. It's not that it won't because you have a negative attitude, but instead what oftentimes happens is you negate that. So whenever the money does come, you end up just sabotaging, sabotaging yourself, sabotaging the money that you get to the point where, you know, the spell work was useless, right? If you do some spell work and you want like, for instance, a new job, you're trying to get a job so you can make more money and the spell work manifests in that and but you have a negative attitude and you're walking around you know thinking that you're never going to get the money that you want or things are just not going to work out but the spell work manifests into the job that you're looking for just more money however it comes through and you know let's yeah let's say it was the job that manifested in order for you to get the money that you're looking for you start the employment but your attitude is so negative your mindset is not correct and so you do something to sabotage it to where you lose the job and it has nothing to do with the spell work that was done it was you because you didn't follow up properly so I realized that dynamic was very important as well. It's not just about, you know, perfectionism. It's not just about the ritual work that's performed, but it's also about what I do thereafter, before and after, I should say, right? So those dynamics are very important as well. Um, and I would say the last thing that I wish I knew before going into ATR is that the world is truly not really fully ready for ATR, especially continental Africans. And I'm going to have to say this here because that is who I received the most backlash from is Africans on the continent who practice Christianity. I've literally, literally had experiences where I've tried to work with an African that's on the continent. And as soon as the individual realized that, you know, my platform is about African spirituality, they didn't want to do the work or their attitude was just so poor thereafter that I just didn't want to work with them. But I, because I work with freelancers a lot in my business and I try my best to ensure that I work with a black person. So in order to find that dynamic, I'll usually interact with somebody from the continent, you know, because that's also part of giving back. It's very important for us to give back to the cultures in which we are interacting with, even if it is our culture from a heritage or a legacy perspective, right? But because we don't have those direct ties as we used to have to those areas, it's very important to give back to those dynamics. And so I try my best whenever possible to work with individuals on the continent, but likewise, African-Americans or otherwise, right? So it could be anybody from any um, race or group that's of black heritage, visible black heritage that came from the continent. And in most cases, I have no problems, even with African-American Christians, right? They understand for one, the dynamic is about making money. And if they can do the job that I need to be done, they'll do it and usually do an excellent job and provide me with excellent customer service. It's the Africans on the continent that I usually have issues with when it comes to this dynamic. And it's not all Africans on the continent. Don't misunderstand me here. Not even all 
uh, Christian Africans on the continent because I have worked with some Christian Africans and they did a bang up job, just absolutely amazing work for me um, in knowing exactly exactly what I was working with, right? Because at the end of the day, they understood the relevance of them making money at that particular time and um, just fulfilling their work duties and just had wisdom overall to understand that everybody's not going to be like you. This is a challenge that I just see within the black community holistically, especially when it comes to religious dynamics. It's not just with ATR itself, but I see so often black people miss out on opportunities just because somebody does not share the same religious belief as them. And I'm like, we are the only people that's doing this, guys. <laughs> Other people, they don't really give a crap what you are working with as long as you know you are paying them rightfully and, and you they can establish you as their clientele i can't tell you the number of you know non-black people that come at me all the time knowing exactly what i do they go to my website and they'll you know send me email messages and say hey i see you're into xyz you know our company can help you with this particular aspect of your business and you know if it's something that I feel like I need or I can go in that direction I may just depending on the particular situation but my point here is that other people groups don't care about that dynamic but Africans their mindset black people in general so I'm not going to, I'm not just picking on Africans here in this particular dialogue but I do notice that you know people of African descent are so much less encouraging about you going into ATR. I don't expect people who are Christians, Muslims, or you know otherwise not practicing ATR to do what I do or what have you. But you know, I didn't expect to be shunned in such instances by them and you can even see you know the backlash sometimes on social media not even just with me personally i've seen like you know christians come into other forums and post on other people posts when they're talking about african spirituality saying you know oh this is of the devil or you know you shouldn't follow this stuff what have you right i see there's a lot too with between rather among African. So I have a lot of Facebook friends um, who practice who practice the Ifa tradition in particular on Facebook. And you know they're in Africa, they're on the continent, and they're sharing posts about different elements of the tradition. And I've seen people um, from their con country come in and post negative things about the tradition, saying, you know, this is of the devil, this is not right, so forth and so on. And I'm just like, wow you know again I wasn't doing it I'm not an evangelist I've said that so many different times I'm I just am not on that vibe I've never been on that vibe even when I was in Christianity I don't believe in that at all I believe that you know people should practice whatever they choose to practice even if I'm practicing what I believe to be the way the truth and the life so to speak I still never felt the the need or the authority to step into somebody else's space and tell them what they should be believing or what they should be doing when it comes to their spiritual walk or any other aspect of their life for that matter. 
but I likewise expect to have the same sentiment expressed to me. I don't want anybody in my face telling me what I should or should not be doing. But I do find that you you have this dynamic, right? Um, like I said, whether it impacts me personally or not, because I even see like articles that aren't directed to um, any specific person, but just to the dynamics of our spiritual systems in general that are oftentimes written by and are promoted by um, people of black heritage saying, you know, we don't need to be going back into this. We need to stick with Jesus, so forth and so on. And I get that you believe in what you believe in. You believe that what you're dealing with is right. That's perfectly fine. I don't take that sentiment from anybody, but you also do not have the right to do that to other people. And I find that dynamic to be more prevalent within the black community. And I wasn't expecting that. So it was, this is definitely something that I wish I knew more about before I stepped into this. It wouldn't have changed what I do in relation to my own personal practice or even so much as what I do in my business. But I think it just would have given me a whole different mindset about, you know, approaching ATR with people of black heritage and just understanding where they are with this dynamic and, you know, how to interact with them on a whole new level. Now I understand those dynamics and I just keep it moving. Right. And I, again, you know, at this point, don't even get offended or what have you when it comes to situations that I was talking about earlier when I'm, you know, trying to just support, to support the black dynamic as a whole, give somebody business and they don't want it. And it it has really changed my outlook. It really has changed my outlook on how I deal with people. Um, now when it comes to these business dynamics, I still, definitely prefer to work with black people but i don't have the same heart i should say or intentions toward working with black people on the continent as i did before because at first my heart was about you know giving back and uplifting the community so that we can all come up together right but (laughs) i've just realized that that's just not what you know some black people want, I won't say as a whole, because some black people absolutely do want that. And some black people just understand the nature of business. Because for me personally, I work with anybody who is providing me with the things that I need in order to move forward in my own business dynamics. Um, because that's the reality of it. I've talked about this before. I work with people of other religions. I don't turn anybody away just because of their religious background. And I will turn people away, but it is in relation to other aspects. If it's somebody that I just know that, you know, we're not going to work well together, it could be based on their attitude or based on what they are seeking. Because as I always say, I don't work with people who are you know, looking for spells to do evil things to people. I absolutely put that out on anything that I market or sell within my business. So, you know, I choose not to work with that dynamic because that's just not what I'm about or what I do. 
right? And I've also turned people away when I knew that I can't help them. I feel like, I should say, I felt like I could not be of assistance to them, whether they're seeking out, um, like, spiritual coaching services one-on-one with me, or if they want, like, to do some type of divination services. I was like, you know what? This is not going to work because maybe they're looking for divination and they're looking for something that just isn't what what I offer or what I work with is all about because some people get it really mixed up in relation to what Ifa divination is about, what voodoo divination is all about. And you know, I've tried to explain those dynamics in other episodes because I do get people, you know, coming to me seeking out readings for things that um they really don't either need a reading for or they don't understand the process. Most of the time I get this, they don't really understand the process of what a voodoo or an Ifa reading, any reading within an African traditional religion, because it's about getting answers and results. It's not just about getting information. So that being the case, for me, it's about you know me being able to properly work with you. It's not about what you practice or don't practice. So if you are a Christian, if you are a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Hindu, or what have you, and you feel like an Ifa reading or, you know, services or what have you can benefit you, absolutely. I am more than willing to work with you if it's something that is going to be mutually beneficial for the both of us. But, you know, I'm just going to say this, and I know probably most of the people that I'm talking to are not even listening to this, but some may be listening to it just to kind of counteract what um, I say, because I do notice that too. Whenever I put anything out that says, you know, maybe the disadvantages of practicing ATR or, you know, something of that respect, people or why people leave ATR, I find like individuals that I was just talking about, they jump onto that type of content and they usually like don't even listen to the whole thing. They just kind of see the title and assume that it's something negative about our systems without really listening to the full scope of the message. And they're, you know, quick to give a thumbs up or what have you or say something. Yeah, you know, people should leave this alone. People shouldn't be messing with this or what have you. So, you know, whether they're listening to this or not, I will say this, you know, we as a people group, we need to think more wisely in what we do. We need to stop focusing on these little segmented things to keep us from working together and likewise to keep ourselves from advancing in life as a whole in general because that's what happens so often we segment ourselves based on religion we segment ourselves based on skin color based on occupation based on so many dynamics we separate ourselves on as black people groups and this is one of the reasons why we don't advance because we are just so segregated nationality tribe just stuff that other people groups do not focus on and this is one of the reasons why they are just able to advance they don't really care you know chinese don't really focus so much on whether you you know are christian confucianism whatever it may cause um buddhist or what have you it may cause some type of rift at some level but at the end of the day they realize that they're 
overall agenda is to advance themselves and to advance their people groups instead of separating themselves based on really insignificant things like that because at the end of the day we all need the same thing same things as human beings and they understand that being separated based on some little small insignificant differences can cause them more harm than good so you know as a whole black people we really need to respect that understanding and live according to that so with that being said this is all i wanted to share in this particular episode i hope it's been helpful for you you know definitely take your time do your research and understand the process of going into atr before you dive too deeply into a system ashe please have a very beautiful and blessed day and beyond guys